What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Friday Feature. Brayden, do you want to tell the viewers what this podcast is all about? Yeah, absolutely. Here at the Chair Talk Podcast, we're going to emulate a really comfortable, casual environment to have some deep conversations with people. We have an awesome guest here today. We're excited for you guys to turn in, hear a little about him, his fight career, his business, a bunch of good topics. We're going to hit on all that. So we, guys, as always, invite you to take a seat and join, join in on this conversation. Yeah, so for this week's episode, our guest joining us today is Josue. How you doing, Josue? I'm doing great, man. Good. Thanks Wait. for joining us on the show. So do you want to tell uh, the viewers just a little bit about yourself? Some basic uh, information? Yeah, so uh, I was born here in Elgin, Illinois. Um, I'm 23 years old. Uh, I've been competing for, for a while. I trained Muay Thai, so I've been competing for a few years. And I don't know. I like to, I like to test myself a lot, so... There we go. And you also have your own clothing brand that you just launched too? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, but. absolutely. So wanted stemming off yourself. Obviously, you're very, very modest. You got a lot going on, a lot of good qualities, and we yeah. can't wait to dive into those um, today. As far as um, kind of going into your past, what would you say kind of has led you to where you are today, both physically and mentally? I know you're very, very philosophical, obviously a very capable athlete and fighter and competitor. Mm-hmm. What are some things in your past that have really kind of kept that fire burning in you? I would say the the main thing is like the the defeats the defeats in a like in my competition. Um, I've gotten I've have a I have a couple of losses and I would say those are the the things that that keep me keep me going. Um, losing is is very very hard and it's it's very very um, it's very emotional. But uh, those are the things that that definitely like keep you keep you going even when when you want to quit you think about those losses and it makes you keep going just a little bit longer that's good yeah i mean you can learn a lot from losses yeah it's awesome to win i mean sure. with that mindset you can take that to anywhere like whether it be on like the fighting like or i mean bass like me and brain on basketball like yeah we both like miss game winners we both lost games or even like in the workspace maybe you didn't get as many sales as you wanted to you didn't get that promotion so i mean with that it's also yeah it's good to have all these wins but i think you really learn from all the losses because that really builds you as a person and all that of course absolutely and expanding upon that so referencing um your fight career and kind of how it's built you as a person obviously speaking to the losses it's great to hear the mentality and Obviously, it's it's relevant in your life today because it's put you in a good spot. Yeah. But could you maybe take us, um, I don't know how in-depth you want to go, um, year by year of your kind of fight career, kind of what got you into fighting and how it's progressed and kind of left you here today? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from from a young age, I never really liked uh, team sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad put me in, in soccer and never really liked team sports. That's something, yeah, all the kids, every, every kid when they're younger, like yeah. 90% play soccer. That's one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the only thing. sport I never you played never organized. Soccer when you're you never yeah, played it? I, that's the really? only sport I never yeah. played organized with soccer. You played every other sport? Every other yeah. sport but soccer. Don't know, my parents weren't into it, never yeah, got so, into it. Yeah. My dad was soccer. very into soccer, so okay. he, ne- <laughs> he, he, always, uh, he always put me and my brother into soccer, but I just never enjoyed it. And I would say, like, from there, I got kind of like a, like a bad taste for for team sports but then i would say it was like uh when it first kind of got me like to to actually start a new sport was when i started watching like boxing fights or like ufc fights ufc um highlights on youtube and it would get me going like it would it would definitely light a fire under me like it would it would just be something that was like a i guess something that i felt like i was destined to do yeah um so you like that feel like kind of that one-on-one competition feels more versus like the team feel yeah yeah, yeah. i get that yeah that's good i would say like if i 
if I lose, I know that it was because of me. But if I win, I know it was because of me. Yeah. You know, so it's like... Ultimate ownership (coughs) of the result. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Total control. That's good. So, like, speaking more on your fighting career, like, how many fights have you had, like, in general and for your career? And then, like, can you talk through, like, any recent ones or any, like, memorable ones that, like, come to your mind right now? Yeah. So, total, I've had, so far, nine fights. And these are Muay Thai fights. All Muay Thai fights. Okay. And we'll go deeper in depth about describing, like, the different arts for you guys who don't know a lot about combat sports. But, yeah, so nine fights. Nine fights so far. And I've had, I would say, three tournaments for jiu-jitsu. Okay. But total of nine fights for, for Muay Thai. Um, so probably like the the most recent one was a uh, was a guy was against a guy named um Andrew Ho. So this was like a very kind of like a last minute um thing where like they let us know like a, a month before. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, like it was like a very very <coughs> nerve wracking thing just because. I wasn't expecting it. They just they just gave me the call. Like they told uh they told Ian, which he's he's my coach. Yep. They told Ian and he asked me, he was like, Hey, do you want to take this fight? And I was like, I want to, but like my mind is like like I was I was very, very nervous to take the fight, but Is it just because like the preparate like the just the time frame that like just cause like how does it work? So like, you said for this one was like a month. What's like the usual like time frame they usually give you it's like three months to train before a fight or like how does that work with that or is a month like a usual kind of like time frame before a fight sometimes it's like uh a little bit more of a month like they they sometimes give us like two months at least like two months at least but uh it was just something that i wasn't expecting like to get any fight so as soon as he told me it was kind of like it was a very big surprise but i ended up taking the fight and uh even though i was scared like as soon this always happens where like I get like a a fight scheduled and I'm obviously nervous like in the in the beginning but as soon as I get training in I start to feel a little bit more confident a little bit With better that preparation about preparation and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I got I got the fight and um I want to say it was probably like the best performance just because in, in a way I was kind of driven by fear because uh-huh. I just did not want to lose. I yeah. did not want to lose to this guy. And uh, he was a little bit bigger. He was a um, a lot more experience. He actually had a uh, ten years into training, and I kind of only had five years. Jeez. And so yeah, that that's where kind of like uh, I was a little bit more motivated than any other fight than this one. So yeah, like you said, that fear kind of like motivates you. Yeah, this guy yeah, has yeah. double your experience, but then again, like you know, you're fighting someone who's been around longer. That kind of pushes you to want to beat this guy even more. Yeah, yeah, for good. sure. So it was probably one of my my best report performances. Um, I felt like as soon as I got in the ring, I didn't, I just felt like I was prepared, mentally prepared, physically prepared. And I just didn't, in a way I didn't, I didn't feel any fear. That's good. Yeah. You know? right. And that's awesome. And it's neat to kind of hear how you talked like that fear yeah. prematurely that sets in your mind immediately helps oh, yeah. motivate you through the entire process. But then once you get to the competition into that zone, like everything shuts off and the preparation yeah, yeah. is done, everything's set in stone. All you have is that present moment to kind of sure. unlock a fighter mentality, fighter mindset that'll yeah. push you through that. So, um, just to give a time frame, was that your most recent fight that you had, or was this a couple couple years past this specific one that you just no, mentioned? This is the most recent fight, so this is gotcha. the, the ninth fight. There. Okay, <laughs> so you're carrying some momentum going yeah, into yeah, the yeah. future, which we'll we'll talk into Josue's future uh, a little deeper into the episode. Sure. But uh, building off of that, so we wanted to kind of tap in. Obviously, um, Omar and myself, Omar's had more experience around. 
um, fighting and martial arts than I have, but recently getting um, involved as a fan as a, and as a participant. So I train yeah. at Fusion. Josue is actually my instructor. Most nights of the week, you can catch us in there getting some work in. He's an awesome teacher. But I've been kind of enamored and really interested in the mentality of fighters. Josue talked a little about the ownership component in training. It's a ton of discipline. But is there anything else you'd like to add or further describe kind of that mindset, that fighter mentality that I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people, maybe if they look at fighting sports, they're like, oh, they're just violent, like aggressive people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like maybe um, could you talk to dissuade that kind of false conception and really get to the heart? Because yeah. I know it's there's so much goodness in fighting. Yeah. So a lot of people think that it's like a, it's all punching, kicking, which obviously from the outside, it definitely is. But um, when I when I when I fight, I only my mindset is like, I don't want to hurt the guy. Like, I don't want like I would not wish that upon anybody where like if I would knock him out or something or like get him seriously hurt. All I want to do is just kind of like I, I want to be the best in, in the world, but in a way where I it's like very, very. It's very complicated to explain just because, like, obviously, like, I'm fighting him, and I'm trying to hurt the guy, but, like, in a way, like, I don't want to, like... You don't want to, like, kill the guy. You don't yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, hurt him to the point where, like, he can't train yeah. anymore or he can't fight anymore. Yeah, there's respect and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah, so there's a lot of respect in, in fighting, so a lot of people think that it's just all violence and stuff, but it's... I would say it's nothing like that. You know, I've, I've met, like, the most nicest people that are also killers in the in the gym you know so it's in a way it goes both ways obviously we still we do have like some 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 guys that aren't doing it for the right reasons but there's also people that are doing it for the right reasons as well so it goes both ways i would say i think one thing too with the mindset just like having experience with like especially jujitsu that is kind of like a mental game people say like that's Mm -hmm. like it's like playing chess against your opponent you always have to be like one step ahead with that and, I mean, also, just, like, with the mental game, because fighters, you have to be, like, mentally strong if you know you're going to, like... If you're not a mentally strong fighter, it's not... I don't... Most of the time, it's not going to go out well. And just, like, with that in general, like you could bring that to, like, the workplace. Like, if you have this promotion, you have to be mentally strong for it. You have to prepare mm-hmm. so you can be ready for that, like, interview with your boss or that presentation with your boss. Because if you don't prepare for it or if you don't have the right mindset going into it, you're just going to fail. And so yeah. it's a good mindset to have, like, in the gym, but then also, like, just in real life, too. So going deeper into that, so you said you've had about five years of experience training and fighting yeah. up until this point. So obviously you speak very articulate and well onto that mentality of a fighter that you possess now. Um, obviously that's five years since you started. Can you reflect or kind of talk through the development of that mindset? Did you have it right away when you joined it, when you started fighting, started training, or did you kind of learn along the way how to kind of build the proper approach to going into competitions, training yourself and fighting against other people? No, I would say, like, as soon as I, I started the, I guess, like, the martial, art, martial arts journey, I was a very, very insecure kid. You know, I didn't, in high school, I never, I never, I was kind of, like, a socially awkward kid. I wouldn't speak to anybody. I was mostly, like... You do your own thing. I did my own thing. So, I would say, like, definitely, like, uh, all sorts of mentalities are, are often built. They're never, like, they're never... They're never born, I would say. So I would, from the experiences that I've had, like in in martial arts, it's taught me so much. You know, it's taught me to, so I guess have some respect for everybody. Also, to not quit when when stuff gets hard. You know, when stuff gets tough, it's not the, 
you want to keep going whatever whatever happens you know let's say you get a loss you want to keep going you know no matter no matter what happens so i would say like from the experiences that i've had from fighting also from from teaching from training it's it's built my my mentality um i was never born with the mentality that i have right now you know from reading books from watching the the video from the right videos watching i guess the the right movies documentaries have kind of like built for built me for who i am right now so brand i kind of want to hear you too because you said um you just got into kind of fighting how would you say like the whole mindset thing is for you like just the mindset of a fighter like kind of bringing that to the outside world kind of and how's that helped you absolutely um so just to give context like i started training at fusion it's going a little past three months i started (laughs) up in um september um been training with Josue and the other instructors and fighters there too um i it's been a really awakening experience to me so i've been an avid fan of ufc for about a year a lot of my college friends got me into it and obviously i had that first kind of encounter with it too i'm just like I mean, I'm all for controlled violence. So like, it, it's violent. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's referees protecting the guys. Like, it's truly man versus man. And I really, really like that from an outside perspective. And yeah. I had a ton of respect and admiration of people who kind of approach a mentality and they have a career. They support families. They they make a brand for themselves. Some fighters. I'm really drawn to people with deeper messages, great stories, and just like all that context that builds up and like is what the fighters are made of below the surface, that what people see is what drew me into it. But from that kind of long explanation, I was really interested to see what would it be like to just introduce myself to an environment and kind of better understand how they train, better understand technically, because for people who don't, like, it's hard to describe, and you kind of, you have to have an interest in things. It goes to all walks of life. But, like, when I used to watch UFC, I'd watch (laughs) it and be like, wow, that's really cool. Like, obviously, you would learn different terms for different punches, submissions, stuff like that but actually training even in a basic sense. So Josue can testify. I feel like I've grown, but still very, very beginner basic. Like mm. there's there's so much to learn. It's a very humbling experience. I'll talk a little bit about that. But just learning the technicality and actually like just these small combinations, the pad work, the bag work that actually translates to these amazing combinations and the skillfulness of athletes that you see compete is a really cool physically humbling experience i'd say because you look at somebody at huge ko we're going to talk a little bit later last weekend there was a huge ufc card and some really cool submissions knockouts like you see this done and you're like oh well okay that's like it is what it is it seems simple Mm -hmm. on the surface but when you i really um recommend anybody who's worth giving it a shot put yourself in that space to just give it a try like it's extremely humbling because a simple punch landed against another apex athlete is not easy to obtain and it takes mm-hmm. years and years of training. Yeah. So it's a really cool physically humbling experience and mentally also. So the discipline, I we're going to speak a little to the culture of the gym that Josue is part of and that I've been blessed to train with and get to know amazing people like Josue. Mm-hmm. But the culture of fighters is just something that I absolutely love. Like everybody is so disciplined, very respectful of each other. Everybody is a great teacher and student. And what I mean by that is... They try to help each other out. 100%. Bro. Everybody has their back no matter what story or what past brought them into a gym, like the gym environment and the actual care that people give to you is something that's really, really cool. And I think people, fighters get bad raps, but there's some yeah. awesome people. Sway is an amazing guy. Been blessed to know him and can't wait to see how Appreciate things continue. Him. But um, no, the fighter mentality, it's not what you think it is. And it opens up a lot of things in Omar to kind of tie the bow around it in real life. It's definitely, it motivated me through my 75 hard challenge the whole time. Just if fighters have the discipline to do it, like I can lock into this and do it. 
uh, academics, it definitely applies just ultimate discipline. I can't speak high enough about it, to be honest. And yeah. again, all that comments on three months and I can't wait to see what after a year, two, three years it brings for myself. And there you go. hopefully Josue can give you a sneak peek into that because he's five years in and has many more yeah. to come. So I appreciate you asking. Omar, do you have anything to add too? Because I mean, you're, yeah. you've been around fighting more than me. You have family members, yeah. friends that train. Um, I'd say, yeah, I've been around just like, I started off when I was really young, like in middle school and elementary school, boxing. My mom took me a bunch of boxing gyms. Then I switched over to jujitsu and Muay Thai. So I've been around a lot of fighting styles. But I'd say the one thing learning for me is it just helped me with my overall confidence as just like the way I carry myself. The whole reason why I wanted to start like training was because of, um, we'll touch on this more, but it's self-defense and the ability to protect others because it's a crazy world that we live in right now. Um, especially like people going to college, you never know what happens like at bars, at parties, people are, they can get hammered and do stupid stuff. And so it's always good to be able to protect yourself. More importantly, like protect your loved ones and protect your friends that you're around. And so that was like the big main reason why um, I got into fighting is because I was confident enough to like the ability to protect someone that is around me who is in a dangerous situation. Yeah. So that was the whole reason why I kind of just got into it. And it's just, yeah, it helps with the overall confidence knowing that you can actually help someone out. Mm-hmm. And as so. you kind of alluded to with the question you first asked me, like that mindset and building it up and I want to compliment you. That's admirable to be able to like work hard and train hard to protect yourself and others yeah. you care about. And I think everybody, you should be competent enough to <coughs> do so and help help a lending hand to somebody in situations. Yeah, because like Josue said, I mean, there are people who do it for the wrong reason. Like, there are some guys who just go out there just With solely to learn to kind of, of stuff. they could be like, yeah. oh, I could just kick anyone's ass, you know? That's, That's not, not it. It's not good. They're, like, they'll get their lights out real quick. They'll get they'll get what's going to come to them. But, I mean, yeah, most of the time from my experience, like Brandon Josue said, it's just most of the community, like I'd say, like, 90, 95% of the fighting community is good. Like, it, they all are mentors. Everyone tries to help everyone. But, yeah, you just got to watch out for those people who take training classes solely for that reason just to, like, get back at someone. Yeah. Because, you know, you just... Label I mean, themselves as dangerous or, like, try to... Yeah, I don't know, but, I mean, that's, any, that's anything in the world. Like, a mm-hmm. couple... Like, I mean, a couple episodes ago, we talked just with a couple people. And with, uh, I believe it was either, like, Luke and with, like, influencers. Yeah. You just got to watch out for those people, like... You know, just think how they carry themselves. But, I mean, that's anything in the world. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, going back to you, Josue, um, can you talk about, like, the current gym you're at? I know Brayden was saying you guys train together at Fusion Fitness over here in Elgin, uh, Illinois. Um, but kind of just, like, touch on, like, that culture, the coaches, working as an instructor, like, how it is training people. Like, just talk a little bit about that whole experience and how it is over there. So, uh, Fusion Fitness, so I, I've been training there for, for five years. And I became a coach, I would say, in my fourth year. So around my fourth year, that's when I started uh, to become a coach, and it was um it was a very eye opening experience just because like my first time like you know you're it's a lot different from you being the student and then you being the the coach because now you you have to you have to explain every single detail like in you know a punch isn't just a punch you know there's a lot of details that go into a punch and there's a difference between you being able to do it. And you being able to explain it, yeah. you know, so it's very, very, it's very, very uh, an eye-opening experience to to go from the student to the teacher. Makes you see both sides of the spectrum with the whole with the whole fight thing, because yeah. like Brayden exactly. knows, but I coach basketball part time, and I've been playing basketball my whole life, and switching from player to coach, like it makes you see that like a different experience yeah. and a different like love for the just overall just game and sport. Yeah, so, yeah. and well, it only makes you you better too, just because like now you could explain, you explain it, it, yeah, you and explain it. it also kind of like. Sometimes you explain techniques uh, like a technique that 
so maybe when you were hitting the bag, you you might be missing that, but you explained it, so it kind of like rewired. It kind of goes back into into your head, like oh, like I should be doing this, yeah. you know. What made you wanna? Um, so you said you your fourth year you took up coaching there, right? Yeah. For your fourth year, what made you kind of wanna take on coaching? Like, is it because you just want to kind of give back to the community, or like how? What made you kind of wanna just go into the whole field? Um, I would say, so my, my coach Ian had actually told me that he would want me to coach. I would say like in my third year, that's that's when he wanted me to coach, but he just didn't, um, he was, he was running the, the whole uh, coaching, but then he also got, uh, somebody, uh, Kyle. Mm -hmm. So Kyle also is another coach over there. He's actually been training for a little over like 10 years or something. How old is he? Something crazy. What is that? He's 30s? 20. 25 or 26 yeah. Okay. yeah but um yeah he's been training for a long time so he was actually the the second coach that actually came out of that gym and in my fourth year that's when he actually decided to like get me to to coach uh part-time um and i've been doing it ever since and i've been loving it ever since that's cool yeah, yeah. Can you speak a little on, just to give some context, so hopefully we're going to have yeah. Ian as a guest eventually. I'd love to have him on the podcast because I feel he has a lot to add, but kind of the startup. So you've spent your entire training career at Fusion, kind of the yeah. birth of Fusion. I know um, you can speak a little. Jeff is involved with it too. He owns like a Taekwondo and what's the other art that he trains? It's uh, uh, Kikido. 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 Jeff's a really awesome guy, but Ian is kind of like the main Muay Thai. He has had a really good kickboxing. Can you speak a little just to like introduce them? briefly like who Ian is and what fusion is about like culturally or like kind of the mission of the gym which I feel like Ian has like a very heavy influence into for sure the culture and stuff yeah so Ian he he's really big into like um always making the gym better he always has like a every after every class like he or like after every like uh training session he always sits down with me and Kyle he always tries to to just try try to make like the the program better whether it be just from like little details from like uh like how we explain stuff or um how how the classes are run he wants a very professional gym he wants high quality uh teaching and he wants high quality um students and also you know fighters um it's not specifically like a fighter gym um it's more catered to like a basically like the ordinary person you know like any any person that that would want to train martial arts and maybe they're a little bit afraid to to actually go out and do that. That's probably this uh, fusion is probably like the perfect place to to go. Cause I know a lot of uh, when I was there too. I know a lot of cops train there just for like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like jujitsu and stuff. Cops. And so it's not yeah like Jose was saying it's not just guys who want to compete in these fighting. It's guys who just want to know overall self defense for whether that be just personal stuff or just like their profession. Yeah, so yeah. it's a good it's a good overall gym. Yeah, yeah so. You know, comparing it to other gyms, um, I would say Fusion is a little bit more professional and is a little bit it like, is. more catered to like um, basically like the regular person. There is a lot of gyms that only cater to like the fighters, mm-hmm. and if <laughs> some gyms like if you if you go in there like your first day, they're gonna feed you to the wolves. Yeah. You know, so it's it's definitely something that that we don't do at, at Fusion. You know, it's a like I said, Ian's like the brain behind all this, so he he always tries to make the the program better. Whether it be just small details or like um, the big details, so yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hopefully, we'll have Ian on in um, a couple weeks. My yeah. goal is to get him out within the next month or two. But yeah, he'll we'll be able to speak it. a lot into it because he's, as Jose said, he's a pretty, pretty darn intellectual guy. For again, that fighter mentality, you kind of think they just take blows to the head and they can't really mm-hmm. put stuff together. 
Oswey's doing a great job. He's an articulate, well-spoken, educated guy. Ian's the same way. He has a huge influence in the program. He, he studied Muay Thai in Thailand for a couple of years, right? Yeah, so I think he trained. Yeah, he's trained in, in uh, Thailand for, for a while. But in total, he's been training for 20 years, yeah. I would say. And he competed on Glory Kickboxing, which is a pretty big promotion in the yeah. fighting world for kickboxing specific. And we'll, this next question, when we dive into kind of the difference between different martial arts, yeah. you'll hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. But We'll Ian, get him on the show. Yeah, we'll uh-huh. Ian's an awesome guy, and yeah. I can't wait to have him on. Um, so speaking, so Fusion obviously spoke on the culture, kind of the people there, what they're all about, and I've been absolutely loving it. It's fantastic. One thing that's unique, so Fusion Fitness is an MMA center. Again, as Osway said, it's not just for fighters, it's for people who want to train <coughs> themselves, push themselves, learn martial arts. They offer both Muay Thai and uh, Jiu-Jitsu, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. They're a certified training center there. <clears throat> Could you briefly t- tell the audience the difference between the two fighting styles and kind of like what each represents? Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure the average person doesn't know what, mm-hmm. what these mean. Yeah. yeah, so Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu are basically like uh, complete opposites. So Muay Thai is a, a stand-up martial art. So it's all punches, kicks, knees, and elbows. But it also involves a little bit of grappling, but it's like a standing grappling. Um, I don't know if you got yeah, over the, the clinch. Yeah. So it's a standing grappling where you, you hold on to the head um, and you throw knees from there. And then, so that's that's the stand-up art. And then the, the ground art, which is jiu-jitsu, which is all submissions and also um, how to hold someone down and uh, basically controlling them from the bottom. That's why you see a lot of, co- like, if you ever see like videos of like, cops like taking yeah. down or people, or military, yeah, military yeah, like all that, like disarming yeah. people, like you never see really cops or military guys swinging at people, like throwing like pump <laughs> haymakers. You know, you never really see that. No. A lot of the stuff with them, <laughs> no flying knees, it's, yeah, yeah, no flying knees with them. Like it's yeah. it's a lot of uh, taking people down to the ground, choking them out, just like restraining them. And so that's what the whole Brazilian jiu-jitsu is. Yeah. Um, but do you have like a whole like do you have like a personal preference on which one you like better? Um, I would say uh, Muay Thai for sure. I, I like uh, I've always liked the the striping, striking aspect of okay. it. I was, always, I was actually introduced um, through like boxing, like uh, like in martial arts. Like I always wanted to do boxing, but uh, I don't know. I eventually went. I, I eventually like searched up like some gyms around the area, and that's actually Fusion was the, one, the first thing that popped up. But from from watching like uh, like boxing fights and stuff, that always got me like. Always got me like a like fired up. I always wanted to train. Yeah. Every single time that I watched a boxing fight, that's cool. But um, yeah. Um, so kind of just like for people, just like the average person who's trying to learn self defense, what kind of fight? Because I mean, there's hundreds of fighting styles out there. Mm-hmm. What's like the kind of the first one you would recommend them to learn? And then Brayden and I can both share our opinions on the pros and cons of each. Yeah. But for you, what do you think? Kind of the main fighting style or your recommendation for people to learn. I would say the first one for self-defense specifically would be uh, jiu-jitsu. Huh. So jiu-jitsu helps you because um, like, like in a street fight or let's say you don't want to, to hurt the person. Let's say it's like your uncle or something that's, that's uh, trying to yep. swing at you or something and you don't want to <coughs> hurt him. I would say jiu-jitsu is a little bit more of a, a better art to, to learn just because it um, helps you control the person in the bottom and helps you subdue the person. And let's say... They're trying to fight back, but you uh, like I, like I said, you don't want to hurt them. You could choke them out, which is it sounds a little bit a little bit hard, but yeah. like you know that's probably like the a little bit better than you know punching them in the and face. knocking their lights out. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Show, That's, I would say jiu-jitsu. How about you, Brandon? Yeah, you no, so I don't have any experience with jiu-jitsu just yet. Um, Omar's been um, gracious enough. He's taken me to a couple of gyms. And, like, I rolled once at Fusion and then once at uh, a place called One Fitness with one of Omar's um, clients and just friends through his marketing business. But um, I definitely see the art to it. It's very technical. Definitely doesn't play to my natural strength. My mobility and flexibility is not oh, the greatest. You definitely Muay need Thai, a lot for that. Muay yeah. Thai is helping me a little bit with the kicks, but still got to grow a lot with that. But um, I think jujitsu, yeah, from a basic level, if somebody wants to be able to like, defend themselves, definitely yeah. appeals. But kind of as Jose said, like, I started Muay Thai because the striking kind of seemed really intriguing to me. And yeah. I definitely um, I wanted to do it just challenge myself, learn something new. Um, the cardio element of both for like a strict working out purpose definitely is there for either like a good Muay Thai oh, workout yeah. and a good uh, jujitsu roll. Like they're both going to get that heart rate up and serve its purpose fitness wise. But I think both have both have elements that are appealing. And yeah. uh, ultimately, like down the road, I'm starting up grad school soon, but still got to make the decision on what path I'm kind of going to go down. But in the next year or two, I'm definitely going to do a little jujitsu and learn that side of things yeah. as well. But, I think for me personally, the best self-defense and my favorite overall is also jujitsu. It's just the best, um, like, you don't need to be the biggest guy. It's not all about, like, strength, because, I mean, you saw, like, when we went to go train, like, there's a lot of guys who are a lot smaller than us, but they could, like, move around, and it's like a chess game. It's, mm-hmm. it's you use a lot of your brain and stuff. You don't need strength for that. But um, also, like, there are pros and cons to each fighting style. Like, you have to be careful with jiu-jitsu, like, in a street fight. If, say, it is, like, a two or three-on-one, it's going to be hard mm-hmm. if you take one guy to the ground because the other two friends can, like, kick you while you're on the ground. There could be glass shattered on the ground. There's gravel, you know, so you got to be careful. But then also at the same time, like most street fights, about like three-fourths of them, they do end up on the ground. And yeah. so you got to learn. You just got to know. It's good to kind of dip your toe a little bit and like, both. Uh, yeah, and both. Yeah. You got to be able to have a stand-up game, but then also on the ground. But yeah, like you said, you just got to be careful. Like there are a lot of pros, but they're also, you just got to know your situation. Because yeah, like I said, if you're in a fight with three guys, you don't want to take one to the ground because if you're fighting one struggling out, other two guys are going to just stop and kick on you. So you've got to be able to just kind of just know your situation. But, yeah, I think the overall one, if you do want to start learning self-defense, is like all three of us said is jujitsu. Yeah. yeah. I'm with excited. That. Hopefully going to try. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, with Josue about jujitsu as we talk about kind of his future and aspirations in mixed martial arts, not only um, Muay Thai. But slightly um, transitioning from kind of discussing, giving you guys context on fighting, I wanted to go back to a point that you brought up about the very – very first thing when we were talking about physical and mental growth, you talked about setbacks and how big and important they are for life lessons to be learned in the fighting, in the, in the cage, in the ring, on the mats, at the bags, doing your thing and how it kind of progresses you as a human being and you personally. Um, you want to reflect or elaborate on any specific setbacks that you can kind of recall and the message and kind of meaning it served in your journey? Yeah, so my last... So total, I've had three losses, three losses. And um, the first loss, I would say it was a very, very close, close fight. So I wasn't very upset about that. Um, It could have gone either way. So he could have gotten the win or I could have gotten the win. But at the end of the day, like he got the win, but I was not upset just because I I felt like I did a very, very good job, you know, still still fighting and, um, you know, basically just going back and forth. Uh, Second, uh, second loss. That one. That one stung, uh, just because uh, it was right in front of like my family. That was the first time that my family came out. My little nephew came out, so, and also my my little niece came out. So the whole family was there. So the the pressure was definitely yeah. there, and uh, yeah, I felt like I, I felt like I could beat the guy, but I just 
it was a very, very tough fight just because um, he was just one step ahead of me. You know, I, I felt like my my, mental, my my mental game wasn't there. I was very, very hesitant to, to throw or to basically just do anything that would um, help me win the fight. So that fight, that second loss kind of de- definitely stung. And that was actually a fight where I was actually going to call it quits if I won or lost. I told myself that, really? like, yeah, I, I told myself that if I won, I would have kept going. And if I lost, I was going to, like, basically hang up the gloves just because I, I just didn't like the, the pressure. The pressure of, like, getting the, the fight announced and also the fight itself, like, it's so much pressure. Um, so I told myself that if I lost, I was going to, I was just going to hang it up. But then, you know, I lost after the fight, I was like, you know what, like I'm, I'm actually gonna keep doing this until I'm I'm better, you know. Like I that kind of like, in a way, it it motivated me to to keep fighting. You know that loss was definitely a blessing in disguise. It hurt, but it was something that definitely needed to happen. And yeah, like I said, I told myself that you know whatever happens, like I'm a, I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna still I'm gonna keep fighting until like I'm good at this. Then the the very next fight after that, I actually got TKO'd, oh. and I got beat up, like, pretty bad. <laughs> really bad. It happens. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And um, it was against a guy that I felt like like could not beat me. I felt like I, I had, like, all the... Basically, all the, the favor was not was with me. Like, I, I felt like he could not beat me, and I could not be, you know, further from the, the truth, from the truth of what happened. I got beat up right in front of my dad. It was the first time that I got TKO'd. And uh, so I had gotten dropped like in the the second, first or second round, I got dropped twice. And then I got dropped again. And in a amateur fight, if you get dropped more than three times, they just call it. Okay. Yeah. So protect the fighters and stuff and just keep things under control. Yeah. yeah. Especially because like we're not, we're not fighting for money. We're not fighting. We're really just fighting for experience, you know, at the yeah. end of the day as an amateur. So that one definitely stung. Um, and like I said, it was right in front of my dad. Um, as soon as I got out of the ring, I started crying. In front of everybody, I did not care. Like, I just started crying. My dad was there. He started hugging. He started crying, too. And from there, like I said, the, the, same, the same idea came to me where, like, I wasn't going to stop until, like, I, I got better, mm-hmm. you know? So I would say those two losses were probably, like, the, the biggest setback. But also like the biggest blessings, you know, it was, it was just incredible. It was like a very, very emotional, very, very emotional, like fight that last loss, but definitely was something that, that definitely needed to happen. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you for opening up about that. Like those yeah. are stories, like I've known him for a couple months now. I haven't heard those. So it's, it's yeah. interesting learning, learning some deeper stuff about you and definitely here and like setbacks, their blessings in disguises oftentimes with the right yeah. mentality. That is to say, when people face adversity, and if you aren't in the right like mental capacity, you don't see things the way that kind of how life's planned out, or like what what things are doing for you, and it's like life doesn't just happen to you; it happens for you. One of our old, old yeah, guests, yeah. Luke's, that was a good quote of his that he wanted to reference, and kind of that um, that philosophical approach to life and with fighting definitely seems like it's very abundant in you, and it's cool to hear you talk yeah. through that stuff. I'm um, speaking on to, I want to go a little bit into like philosophy and kind of bigger picture life approach because um, you've kind of put me onto some books I've added to my reading list. You're definitely an avid person that's looking to learn through every outlet you can get in life host way. Can you talk a little bit about um, your kind of philosophical 
stance on life as deep or as surface level as you want and like how you how you see fighting kind of projecting that belief mm-hmm. um i would say so you know from like i said like from overcoming difficulties it's always like uh something that was i was taught from from the martial arts you know whether it be from the fighting or from the training um but i would say like from also from you know listening to the right books or like uh also, like um, reading the the right books, um, definitely a, a good book that that I list uh, to that I read was uh David Goggins one. Yeah, can't um, hurt me. Yeah, can't hurt me. That was so probably I was just telling Omar to get get his yeah, hands on a copy. So good. Yeah, I gotta read that. You want to speak a little about that? We haven't mentioned that book on our podcast just yet, but oh man, it's it's incredible, man. Just because uh, you know, if you don't know David Goggins, he's been doing some incredible stuff. You know, he's he's run a bunch, like a ton of uh ultra marathons. Yeah. Which ultra marathons are hundred miles plus. plus. Like some of them are, cr- yeah. His his feats are insane. Yeah, but it's, it's so crazy what what he's done, and he's also done like the the pull up record, like four thousand and something. Yeah, like all twenty four hours. Yeah, four thousand and like oh, something pull ups. Yeah. yeah, he's insane. So but, he, yeah, so yeah. he's he's done some incredible stuff. So th- from reading his book, definitely like helped me overcome like a lot of stuff. Um. You know, he, he talks, he also opens up about his, uh, his failures too. You know, not, not everybody, like, let's say you take, you know, let's say you never met David Goggins, but you've seen his accomplishments. You don't know his, uh, his setbacks, you know? And then that book, he definitely opens up about his, uh, his setbacks. And, um, you know, he talks about like him, him failing like the pull-up record that we just talked about mm-hmm. and how humiliating, humiliating that is and how, how hard that is in, you know, like in the... It's just, it's just a, you know, when you fail is something that's, you know, very, very difficult, especially if it's in front of people, you know, so it's, it's something that, that I definitely took from him where like, if, you know, if I, if I happen to lose, like, it's not the end of the end of the world, you know, you could always get back and, you know, do it again, mm-hmm. you know, whether, whether it be like, like I said, I've lost in, in fights, I could, I could always get back and get another fight, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And Dave Goggins definitely read Can't Hurt Me If You Haven't. Um, his kind of whole story with all these crazy ultra marathons, these amazing physical feats stem from his discipline. He went through yeah. Navy SEAL training, Army um, Ranger training, <clears throat> Marine Raider training. Like he's an absolute like certified badass. And oh, yeah. all of this, all of it started with he wanted to raise money for fallen soldiers families. And mm-hmm. that's when he got into the ultra marathons. And the higher and higher he climbed, the more publicity he came. He's a very influential person. But like when also he was talking about him failing at that pull-up record, there was a whole chapter in the book about yeah. strictly failure because it was he was literally being recorded like on national news. Yeah. They were following him the entire day because of how big and how well-known he was. So he literally failed in front of the entire country with everything on the line, trying to raise money for a fantastic cause. And But again, he speaks to how those – like the larger you get, the yeah. bigger the falls are. But again – the bigger the lessons are to learn. And obviously he, oh, got, yeah. he got back on that bar after recovering months later and he beat that record. So it, yeah. it was a pretty, pretty cool story. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And also like, they also, he also talks about like the people that, that were talking crap about him. Even after, you know, they would doubt him like even before he, he attempted it and also after. And you also just got to take into account where like, you got to, I mean, there's always going to be people, you know, talking crap about, you know, whatever you're trying to do. You know, whether you're you're trying to, I guess, like, whatever, trying to start a business, trying to become a fighter, trying to become a singer. They're always going to have something to to tell you um, that, that you can't do it. But, you know, at the end of the day, why not try? 
Absolutely. So talking about the whole philosophy thing, um, can you talk about kind of how philosophy ties into your whole clothing brand and just tell the audience a little bit about like the message behind it and the whole, what the overall brand is? Yeah, so I started this uh, this clothing brand, I would say like it's been about a year so far. And um, so like what I want to, it's not necessarily like a, like a mission that I'm trying to do with the, the clothing brand, but it's more like a message. So the message is, uh, so the name is called Plenty of Hands. Um, basically, the message there is, uh, you know, there is uh, plenty of hands to uh, make the world better. You know, there's definitely a lot of people that are willing to, uh, like you know, that. put in the word, the, the work to, to make the world, uh, you know, a little bit better. You know, not obviously not everybody's like that, but like, mm-hmm. I definitely like, there there is like uh, some good people out there, you know? Yeah. And then for all the listeners too, we'll put... Um... Because you have a link and an Instagram page for the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll put I just that, made a, a, uh, a website. Yeah, well. we'll put that all on there on the, the bio so you guys could check it out too. But yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool brand. Um, Jose has hooked us up with some some items too. And then Brayden's rocking one of yeah, Jose's rockin', rockin hoodies. hoodies. Yeah, it's a I cool, like, um, it's cool logo that you made too and everything. I really like the whole idea behind Maybe. it. But like, how has owning your own clothing brand been? Because I mean, I can imagine it's a lot. Because... On the previous episode with our Friday feature, um, I talked about like my dream is to open up my own clothing brand or clothing line. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of just want to hear like how's it been going for you and like where do you see it ended, ending up and stuff. Um, from starting the the clothing brand, like it was like I said, like, it started like from from an idea. It, was, it just started from like watching like a YouTube video of like uh, just basically um, making your own product and then selling it like online, and then. I put two and two together. I was like, you know, I like making, I like t-shirts. So yeah. like, why not make, you know, t-shirts? So from there, that's when I started to like come with like a bunch of ideas. And I started to, I have a friend uh, named Jason, which he actually had tried to make like his, uh, his own uh, brand, but he never really launched it. Like he got like all the equipment and stuff. So I actually reached out to him and he's actually like the person that probably like uh saved me from like a bunch of like endless hours that I could have like uh like he just definitely helped me out with uh with the whole journey made with, the uh, process easier a little bit yeah yeah stuff. exactly yeah. so he he showed me how to like uh like cut the vinyl how to lay out the shirt how to press it on That's good. so he definitely helped me out with that with that that part of the the shirt and you know ever since I started making the t-shirts, you know, I was like selling them locally. Um, but I didn't make the website until just recently. I would say it's been about three weeks okay. that I've had the website. Yeah. But there's been a lot of research, a lot of like long nights of yeah. like doing research and just trying to make everything right, you know, like, you know, from like publishing it to like as a, like an LLC and stuff. Like yeah. it has been like a lot of stuff. And the whole process was, I would say like, what helped me was just researching it myself, you know, just like a lot of Google, a lot of YouTube. And, you know, right now it's, it's at a point where, you know, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to boost it up as much as I can. Um, you know, definitely it's hard to, you know, to create like your own brand and stuff or your own business. So right now I'm just like taking it little by little, you know, I'm trying to, if, if I would, I would like that to, to be like my, my full-time gig. That'd be sick. But as of right now, it's just like a little little part time thing. Side, Still, side gig. Yeah, yeah, a little side gig. Um, yeah, but right now, yeah, just little, just a, some income from here and there. So you have 
um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have t-shirts and hoodies right now, correct? Yeah, just t-shirts okay. and hoodies. So do you see yourself kind of expanding to like pants or maybe like um, other like accessories like hats, maybe like your logo with the back, like backpacks? Yeah. Like, do you kind of see yourself branching out just like besides these two like hoodies and shirts? Do you want to like do more stuff with that? Yeah, right now, um, a lot of people are asking for like long sleeves, so I'm pretty cool. sure going to yeah. do long sleeves. Um, I definitely want to do some uh, some sweats. Um, like if you ever catch me like in the streets or like in the stores, I'm always wearing sweats. sweats. So yeah. Yeah. definitely it's something that I, I do want to do. Um, and also like making backpacks or let's say like mugs or whatever. Like I, I would like to, to expand more than just, you know, like a clothing brand. But as of right now, it's just uh, t-shirts and, and hoodies. Yeah, right got to start somewhere though. But yeah, I was checking out yeah. the website too. Brandon was showing me a little bit too. Uh, like the sand color that brand's got on now and then the maroon color. Those are like, it's nice. It's nice stuff. So I'm going to have to get my hands on yeah. some of those. But Can you speak a little too? So like, um, obviously it's only been, the website's been live for about a month. You've been releasing yeah. stuff for around a year, you'd say. <coughs> Can you kind of talk through different like collections and like the logo designs? Because I honestly, that was the big appeal. Obviously, you know, no sway, like want to support, want to get his word out there. I really do like, like, I'm very happy with the product itself, but I love like the logo and the designs. I feel yeah. like are really creative unique and could you kind of tell the audience of how yeah. you've had like two collections so far right yeah, yeah. kind of can you can you speak to kind of like each logo how it came to be and like what you yeah. see it symbolizes or means yeah so the first one um it's a so it's like a nine six i don't have it on yeah no you're good unfortunately but it's like a nine six and it's like a infinity sign and then in the back it's a it's a triangle with um the fibonacci the golden ratio yeah so i would say like the I'm very big into like numbers, so like I, I would say like numbers like mean a lot. Like, like let's say like you see like a number like three 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 like in the clock. Yeah. You know I like to research and like I'm really like into like like searching up like the numbers and like the meaning. So one thing that that this whole thing ties the the logo ties upon like the, the numbers <laughs> is like, um, I don't know if you know who Nikola Tesla is, right? Yeah. yeah. So he had a thing where like his favorite numbers were three six and nine and um i try to put it on the shirt so like if you notice like there's a nine nine six in the in the t-shirt and in the back um the triangle obviously has three sides and the circle it's a uh, split into three mm-hmm. so i kind of try to tie that into like like what nikola liked which was a three six nine so yeah. uh the nine six are in the front and then the, the, the three the back yeah it's symbolized by like the the triangle and the circle Split That's cool. Into, yeah. Gotcha. And then yeah. the logo that you have on yours is yeah. a tree or yeah, the tree, tree life kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to want to talk? Because I mean, I wish we we don't we don't have like we're not doing visuals, but like, do you kind of just want to like, kind of describe the whole like the tree and just yeah. like what it means to you? Yeah. So the tree, it's like um, the tree of life is like it's referenced like in like in a lot of religions, and it was just something that I've I've always like had an appeal to. Like I always like the just the look of trees. Um, what it means to me, like the the logo itself, actually, I actually put three six nine. I don't think you can see it. I don't know if you if you noticed, but like there's a three six nine in the in the roots. I, I have not spotted that. it yet. No, but I gotta take a better there. look. It's on the back of the hoodie, so maybe yeah. I, I can't stare down at my chest to look uh, at it. But I'll, there you I'll go. look into that. That's so, cool. Uh, yeah, so I put the the three six nine there, but um, what it kind of like symbolizes for me is like the the roots. It was it's like um, it's like when you're first born. The tree trunk is, you know, when you're living. And then the leaves are when you die. So the leaves, like, you know, when you die, the leaves are still there. It's kind of like the messages that, that you've left. So 
in a way kind of like symbolizes like uh like your life you know from yeah. the roots when you're when you're li- uh, when you're uh, when you're barely being born because that's the first thing that, that comes like when you when you plant a seed and then the tree is like when you're living and then when you're living you're trying to spread as much as much as you can like uh as many messages as you can positive messages <coughs> and you know once you die like the leaves are still there you know your messages are still there so mm-hmm. that's kind of like what what the tree means Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and visually, it's a really cool image, and obviously with Josue explaining and, like, articulating the meaning behind it, um, definitely it's it's prevalent in a lot of religions and a lot of cultures for a reason, and I think it speaks a lot to um, many many points of wisdom that can be had about kind of your approach and humility throughout life. So it's cool. I, lo- I love Appreciate it on it, the... On the clothing brand, and you guys, yeah, we'll we'll include links and like try to maybe throw a picture or something. Yeah, we picture can post, two on our Instagram, we can post it on the Instagram page. so you guys can kind of get yeah. a visual and uh, definitely recommend. Yeah, appreciate uh, it, man. supporting the brand yeah. and supporting the message because again yeah we're trying to leave as many positive messages as we can and connect with people throughout our lives and i think the tree yeah. does an awesome job symbolizing that mm-hmm. for sure absolutely so omar kind of um hinted on to kind of the expansion of different types of apparel and stuff so that probably is part of that journey with expansion but if you could kind of plan out five ten years with this thing still running like what what do you see um the mission of plenty of hands so it could be um, specific with the products or even like the community and the connections that you've built. Cause I know right now, like if you go to fusion, odds are you'll see somebody wearing a plenty of hands shirt or hoodie because obviously Josue is a really supportive community in the gym. Um, that network's been pretty plentiful for you so far, but oh, yeah. expanding outward, like where do you want the message of plenty of hands to go? And you can dream as big, as big as you want here. Yeah. Love to hear some ambition. Well, I, I definitely would like to, like like I said, I would definitely like to have this as like my full time gig, cause it's something that I'm very very passionate about. Like like when an order comes in, like it's it's like so it's so good. Like I actually like pressing the shirt. I like writing the. So I, I put like yeah. a little quote. Talk a little about this. Yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Every every single order, I put a little quote. Um, of like something that that like I see like in an Instagram post or like that I read in a book. Like any quote that's helped me out in some way, shape, or form. I try to write a little quote like in every single um, every single order, and I like that. that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. and uh, like like I said, like I just tried <coughs> to like uh, like I said, like I want to make this like a full time gig just because like I I enjoy doing this. You know, it's it's something that I really enjoy, and I would say like one of my goals for for this uh, this brand is to I guess try to get it out like not just here in Elgin. You know, like every. Most of the the orders are here in Elgin, but like I would like to, to have that expanded like everywhere else. You know, I, I like. I would want them to, to uh like understand the message of like the of the shirts and the the hoodies, and also like the, the quotes that I also write. Um, there's a lot of people that have actually have told me that like that's helped them out like in some way, shape, or form. Like they had like a situation that they were facing. And that quote kind of like related to like the the problem that they had, which is pretty cool, like very wild and very cool that to to hear that. But I would say, just like I said, like I just would want that to to be my full gig, full time gig. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, like I said too, like that's my main dream. If I could pick a goal, um, is to open up my own clothing line too. So it would be a cool gig to have your own. Like, I think, yeah, the products themselves speak for it, but I think the message behind it, because obviously, like clothing, really any industry is super competitive. But again, like people. Yeah. People latch on and buy into what things stand for, not just like what they physically are. Yeah, and I think yeah. the message, what I find very unique about not only like Josue as a person, but like his brand is the message behind it. 
I think it's really, really cool and something that appeals to people and definitely has, has great intentions with it. So yeah, hope the best it. and hopefully this helps it grow as well. Speaking on it, um, on the podcast a little bit. And yeah, even that one note, like I still have, so I've gotten one product through Josue. I absolutely love it. Wait for the next collection to drop to grab another, but yeah, I still have that posted on it. It's cool stuff. Definitely. Josue's put me on to, as I said, some good books, some good, uh, philosophy things always has good tidbits to add, um, about fighting in the gym and also life. So definitely, yeah. um, get, get that order in and get that, get that quote from Josue. <laughs> to help you get some motivation through through life. Um, and then one thing I want to project in the future, will as we kind of end our episodes, it's like some fun, like rapid fire stuff. Uh, before we get to that though, we just spent some time projecting yourself with your brand. As far as you and your fight career, I know that we've spent some time, we talked about the difference between Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Muay Thai, how you've done a lot of competitive Muay Thai fights. Where do you kind of see, do you want to delve into MMA? Um, obviously making this a career, it's going to, going to expand with experience and stuff where do you see your um fighting career being even one three five years or even longer out um i would say like the first step is going to be um going into mma um right now i'm training jiu-jitsu and almost also doing like a like training a little bit of wrestling trying to watch like film as much as possible um just the next step is just going into mma but you know definitely a long-term goal is to become ufc world champ that's definitely like the the end all be all like yeah. everybody wants this and that's I'm, I'm definitely not i'm not different in that mm-hmm. in that regard so i definitely want to um, i want to keep fighting as much as possible and i don't want to it fighting is hard but i also don't want to like uh miss the opportunity of let's say let's say i did hang up the gloves and then later down the road like 10 years 20 years from now i'm gonna be asking myself like what if what if i kept you know training so I, I I guess I don't want to like, I want to keep going. I want to keep doing it until you know I can't, and I want to avoid the I want to avoid me asking myself the question if like what if I kept training, you know, so like I said I want to be I want to get into the UFC first and also eventually become UFC world champ. Yeah, oh that's awesome and having yeah. those ambitions and oh always shooting for the stars with like a right oh, mentality, yeah. right for physical sure. and mental state really any any individual listening to this like you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't set that yeah. goal the highest possible as it can be For and sure. obviously holding gold in the ufc being a champion at a weight class like that is the apex like undisputed best fighter in the world of all disciplines combined in yeah. in one title and that's something that i feel like even in life like we love omar and i love connecting it to business or relationships like Everything you do, if you're not striving for the absolute most optimum kind of outcome in that space, yeah, I, I don't think you're doing yourself any good. Definitely don't limit yourself. Don't project anything less than the best. And with the right attitude and kind of mentality and approach, of course. Who, who's to say it isn't, isn't going to come true? So yeah, it's awesome course. having that vision. Yeah. Talking though, uh, you're saying like your dream is to be the UFC champion, just go to the UFC. Who are some like kind of just, like some fun stuff? Who are your, some like your favorite UFC fighters currently right now? Um, one of them is Israel Adesanya. One of them's uh, Michael Chandler. Yeah, and my boy Michael Chandler. <laughs> then uh, Justin Gagey, which oh, they actually God. just fought. <laughs> Those are actually like my three top uh, UFC fighters, and also you know Conor McGregor. Dustin Poirier is a big one. I, Dustin Poirier has been like, he's he's uh he's been through through a lot of stuff and. You know, he's definitely, you know, he, he just fought last weekend. Yeah, for the, for the some bat. more adversity. We'll get yeah. that diver. Yeah, we'll dive deeper into that too. But Yeah, but those are probably like the top uh, UFC fighters that, that, I, that I love watching. 
Uh, Omar, have any comments on any of those guys in agreeance or disagreeance? I know we talk <laughs> off camera with some guys that you aren't huge on. Yeah, but. I mean, um, yeah, all those guys are good. I like Adesanya a lot. I've watched a lot he's of He's got some fights. good energy. Yeah, oh, yeah he's yeah. got some fun energy. Uh, I love Connor. I just like just... Yeah, he's can be a lot, but I just like yeah. I like his attitude. I like his attitude and just like I like his confidence and everything. I like the yeah. way he just he carries himself. He's very confident in what he does. Um, some personal favorite fighters of mine. Uh, I don't know if you know him, but he's an old fighter, George St. Pierre. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I love definitely. him. Uh, I used to really the first ever UFC pay per view event was UFC. I believe UFC 100 was Brock Lesnar versus Frank Mir, and I ever since watching that, like I've always been just a Big Brock Lesnar fan. Uh, I know he didn't have, like, the best or longest career, but it was just cool seeing just that guy. Like, he was huge. Just a big unit just fighting. Yeah. It was cool seeing him. Um, Anderson Silva someone I really like. <clears throat> Anderson was an awesome guy. Um, but, yeah, those are just some of my favorite fighters. How about you, Brian? Yeah. I know absolutely. you're big. Michael. I'm a big Michael Chandler fan, and I was, I was hoping I'm going to say some comment about how he doesn't, doesn't think he's any good, which I'd be, I'd be more than happy to rebut and kind of counter-argue yeah. with that. Um, you mentioned Conor McGregor. Hopefully, Michael Chandler gets a shot at McGregor when he's McGregor healthy. And, kill, oh, I know. McGregor would my, kill, I think Michael Chandler would kill McGregor. <laughs> uh, go, what, what makes you think that McGregor would beat Michael Chandler? He's just a beast. Even full healthy. Just, like you referenced, we were talking um, last weekend while we were watching the fights, Omar and I, about Prime McGregor and how like elite he was. Like, yeah. Even a Prime McGregor, like what does McGregor have that would prevent Michael Chandler from taking that fight to the ground? Just a, okay, well... Yeah, it, I know getting like, to the ground is one thing, but like ground, speak to that a little bit. I think... Yeah, if he went to the ground, it would be difficult. But I know that if he fought Chandler, and Chandler is, I don't know, is he known for the ground game? Is he? Is I, he so he was a collegiate wrestler at Mizzou, yeah. All-American. So I'm sure that if Connor took this fight or they had this fight, I'm sure he would train very heavy on the ground game because he's a very good stand-up fighter. Yeah. He, oh, he's, he's elite. Just, he's elite, but I know that he, know, I, he knows that he's not the best on the ground. Yeah. And I feel like if he took this fight, if him and Chandler were fought, that he would he would learn how to uh, how to do yeah. it, how to work the ground and i just i overall i just think that if they fought connor is 100% healthy he would win yeah okay i can't disagree with you saying that mcgregor would like find a way to learn a ground game because obviously i'm not going to discredit his athletic ability and obviously yeah. he's a very respectable person in mixed martial arts like at the end of his career no matter if you hate him or love him out of the ring or like the he's shenanigans and comments he makes like, he is an elite oh, fighter and his striking oh, yeah. game is strong but at the same time, like, obviously I'm a little biased. Like, I really like Michael Chandler. But, like, he's a very heavy lightweight. So, like, obviously everybody weighs in at the same power. They're all 155. But, like, Chandler can bulk. His fighting weight's almost 180. Where, like, McGregor, obviously you guys, if you guys have kept up with pictures of his recovery he's process. He's big now. Since breaking his he, leg. Have you seen him now? Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's kind of juiced now. He's, ju- he's big juice now. He's but big. for him, like, I still see, like, when Connor weight cuts, like, he's kind of, like, uh, don't get me wrong, like super lean, very like intimidating, but like kind of scrawny compared to like a build of Michael Chandler, who's kind of like just a oh, pit yeah, bull, yeah. kind of tough guy. And Michael Chandler caught a lot of flack um, <coughs> getting caught with that hook from Oliveira and losing the championship. But his most the, recent fight, we'll highlights. talk. Yeah, we'll talk. I a little love bit about watching that. that. Yeah, he got he, he got, got rocks. He got yeah. bopped a little, but he had a ten eight first round, so he was strong. But against Gaethje, he kind of showed some heart and, like, the glass chin right. wasn't there. He took some heavy blows. And that's, like, the only thing. Maybe, maybe like, some spinning kick or, like, some crazy flying knee from Chandler might, like, throw – or from McGregor to Chandler might throw him off. But I think Michael Chandler could take some hits and get that fight to the ground. 
But we'll, we'll see if that. We'll ever see happens. if it ever. Yeah. If it ever anyway, comes so on top of Michael Chandler, um, I really like the lightweight division. Super interesting. We'll talk about the championship fight right after I kind of summarize some favorite guys. But yeah. I think Oliveira is an absolute stud. Even though I was upset to see Michael lose, like Charles Story is absolutely amazing. Super humble, respectable guy. Dustin Poirier is another awesome fighter. I love like who he oh, stands yeah. for. He has that hot sauce brand. Like he's he's a business owner, kind of like a he's hustler. A, he's just a good guy Astrid. in general. He's a really. I don't good know guy. if you saw, but he donated twenty thousand dollars after the fight to Oliveira's hometown yeah. in Brazil. Oh, mm-hmm. just last those. night. Yeah, even even in his yeah. loss, all the cameras point at him. Like he knows he just he had a pretty bad performance to be honest. Like yeah, yeah. all credit to Charles Oliveira, but yeah, even throughout it all, he literally went up and said like. Pick your charity in Brazil. Like, we'll donate $20,000. Like, yeah. super good guy. Super good guy. But Poirier, Poirier is an absolute stud. Um, I watched The Ultimate Fighter a lot um, this past summer, so I really enjoy uh, Volkanovski and Brian Ortega. I think oh, Orte- yeah. Ortega is a beast. So Brazilian, or Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, I guess, was kind of like the fundamental start of its popularity in America, I would say. And uh, Brian Ortega trained under the Gracie family for a long, long time. So he's an absolute stud. On the ground, and Volkanovski is just like a really cool dude. I like, I like him as well. Um, Chris Weidman's another one of my favorite fighters. So he's like a more mm. veteran guy. Obviously, yeah. coming back from a broken leg, pretty severe broken leg. Got it was gruesome. crazy that Anderson broke his leg on Weidman, and then Weidman broke his leg right after. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was wild. Like mm-hmm. just unfortunate. Chris Weidman's a really cool. He's just like I don't know, just a blue collar like hard work. He was a wrestler as well. I like the wrestling yeah. mentality. That's a big thing that I, yeah, I, I want to learn more about. <laughs> He's just a tough, tough guy from New York, and he has a really good podcast I love listening to. But as I kind of said, I like fighters with stories. I like fighters with a good personality, like good message. Nate but... Diaz, beast. Nate <laughs> Diaz, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's he, a clown to watch. He's a beast. And the, a so guy. clowns, like, we can kind of taper this and transition it into the fights we witnessed yesterday. Because I think the biggest modern clown in the UFC, Omar... Would be Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I think. What are your comments and thoughts on him? Because he he yeah. had a great performance last night. Had had that knockout. Um, what are your kind of thoughts on him? Like, yeah, I mean he's good. He I I very I see him. He's he very much holds himself like on that Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. Like he's he talks a lot of smack and he's very confident. But he's a young guy and he believes that he should already be the main event for like a UFC pay per view. I don't think he's at that point yet, but. I think he has a bright future. Yeah, I like him. He's yeah. he's he's good. What do you think of his hair, Sway? You like you like the colors? He, like, he had yeah, he had the blue and pink yesterday. Like, like he has like dreads and he has like a blue and pink yeah. dreads. Usually wears like a big afro. Has like some face tats, like some yeah, some stars that. and shit. Like, what what are your thoughts on him? Um, I would say it's like good marketing, but like, I wouldn't do that myself. Yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't like the the whole color, like coloring your hair and stuff like that. Like super crazy, like how he did it. Um, but like it's good marketing for him, you know. I guess like it kind of makes him stand out a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, I wouldn't do it myself. Yeah. You know? One thing that I think he he has good he has some swag to him, and like as long as he keeps winning fights, um, I think the scrutiny will come if when he gets his lights knocked out and he's oh, looking yeah, like yeah. a clown. But now when he's winning, <laughs> I love Omar. Like you like it too. His signature like nice little basketball like yeah, dribble move thing, victory yeah. and the he does like a little fadeaway jump shot, yeah. which is kind of a nod to his liking for basketball. So like it was a quick fight, good. but yeah, the next one it was also a quick fight. It was right after that. It was another first round knockout. Yeah. With, uh, what is that? Kai, Cody. Yeah. yeah. Cody Garbrandt and. However you pronounce it. Kai France. Yeah. So Garbrandt dropped down to the flyweight. And Car France is kind of like a low-key guy. He's from New Zealand. I was watching some embedded footage of him. And embedded kind of just like follows fight camps of fighters. And like, he's just a very, very low-key, like calm, composed dude. And Cody Gambrandt's little, I mean, he has like, he's all tatted up. You were commenting, Omar, Omar's into tattoo art and stuff. Like, 
he had some nice ink like yeah. all all over his body. So like oh, yeah. he has like an intimidating force to One him. One thing that he... I noticed, I was watching the post fight interview with Dana White. He's thinking about cutting Cody from the UFC. Really? Cody, he's been losing. He uh he lost yeah. his like previous fight yeah, before he moved down. And then moved weight. And then he classes, moved, moved lost again. Lost again. And so he's Dana's thinking about cutting Cody. And then with the France guy, uh France told Dana that he doesn't want to fight again until it's, it's a champ. Title. Yeah, and I'm like, dude. Yeah. No, like you gotta work your way up. He believes he's he already... was the sixth ranked guy and Gambrandt obviously <laughs> was unranked because yeah. he changed weight classes, but like that's still a big win for him. Like, it is Gambrandt's like, a former champ. At the like, same time, like he doesn't want to fight again unless it's for a title. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if you're gonna get a fight then. And I'm pretty sure yeah. aren't uh, Moreno and Figueroa like they're having a rematch, right? Is that the next fight or was Moreno um, welcoming another challenger? I think that's uh-huh. the. I think they're gonna do another rematch. I think right. it's the third. The third. I think who doesn't want to see, see that? that? Like that. That's that a classic matchup. One hundred percent. This but next one, though, I mean, we didn't really know these guys. Yeah, we'll skip. We'll, we'll skip. skip to the two title yeah. ones. Not to those the, are the big ones. Those are the yeah. the. That was awesome, Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes. That was an amazing fight. The first round, Nunes was kind of destroying her. Yeah. Um, but that second round, honestly, uh, just as a UFC fan, that was one of like the best rounds I've ever seen. It's because. They were just throwing haymakers just back and forth. <laughs> no, like, body shots, really. Just all just straight to the face. Yeah. And they were just taking it. And then eventually, uh, Pena <laughs> submitted her, so. Yeah, but. any comments on, on their fight, Josue? Oh, uh, man, it was a, dude, it was a wild fight, man. I was watching it on my phone, and the whole time I was like, holy, <laughs> like, yeah. it was just like a back and forth war. And yeah. you, you obviously know, like, Amanda Nunes, like, she's been destroying girls from left and right. Yeah. She's, yeah. Uh, like Striving. a lot of people say is the best the, the best greatest fighter ever yeah, yeah the yeah, greatest yeah. Oh, fighter ever so 100% yeah and she like they're both usually like women's fights like I don't know about you but I'm not a huge fan of women's fights because like they're not very powerful they're very technical and skilled and I like yeah, watching yeah. it for like the art of martial arts but as far as that like wow factor usually yeah, they don't carry pop but like Pena and Nunes they threw yesterday yeah. they I threw was, last week well it's also cool it. just to see like Pena she trains out of Chicago yeah and that's mm-hmm. where we felt we're in Illinois mm-hmm. yeah suburbs of Chicago so I mean it's cool to see her do that and also the guy that took Braden, uh, one of my clients for marketing, and then also we went to go training at his gym. He actually had the opportunity to train with uh, Juliana Pena, and he posted on his Instagram like him getting choked out by her. Yeah, and like <laughs> him. Uh, stuff, no. Yeah, so it was cool. He got a bunch of pictures with her. So like the guy I trained with, he got the opportunity to train with her, and so that's just a cool thing. Like just seeing a Chicago where she trains yeah. at, winning yeah. uh, the championship. And the fighting, like the fighting game and like culture and community, is pretty niche. Like not too many people are like aware. Yeah, she trains at Bensonville. I have some friends who have connections with that gym, and there's other guys in the UFC and um, aspiring UFC fighters. Like, it's a very, very legitimate training center. But it's kind of funny even, like, so I work at Chase Bank. Like, I had a conversation with a customer this weekend who mentioned they were flying down to Vegas, and I'm like, oh, are you going for the fight? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm personal friends with Juliana Pena. And I kind of gave her a weird look, and she's like, what, do you think she's going to lose? Because she's not favored. And I'm like, yeah, maybe a little. Like, Nunez is a beast. And we kind of, it was like a friendly little banter back and forth. But this woman basically said, like, you just watch and wait on Saturday. And she walked out of the bank, and I turned to my coworkers, I'm like, her friend's in some trouble because she's going to get ran through by Nunez. But obviously, it was cool. totally yeah, wrong. But it's cool, awesome. like, just hearing little things pop up and, like, yeah. hearing the stories of fighters. Like, I'd be surprised for any of you guys listening out there. Like, do some research on some people and, like, just learn a little bit about like kind of their upbringing oh, and yeah. stuff because they're really cool stories and it's fun connecting with people that are also interested in in UFC yeah. and fighting. I miss Ronda though. I was a huge Ronda fan. Yeah, I loved Ronda. Yeah, Ronda you want to you want to talk a little about? So history was the second piece of history was kind yeah. of made, but you want to kind of um, speak to the um, significance of the upset we saw yesterday. Yeah, so kind I mean, of tied into yeah, like, upset greater than that. All ever? the announcers were saying, and yeah, like I kind of agree with that. I guess. Uh, 
I don't know if personally if I would put this above the Ronda Rousey, yeah. but I mean, it, I'd definitely put it up there. Um, the whole upset we're talking about is Holly Holm beating Ronda Rousey because I mean Ronda was just a dog. She was submitting everyone in the first round, yeah, and then just Holly clocked her. Yeah, um, and that was back in like twenty. Like that's a while. It was a while ago. Yeah, Ronda was running through everyone. Wow. She was arm barring everyone. She had that signature move. Um, but I think with her, just the biggest thing was her mental game. Like yeah, she had one bad loss, and that just. She spiraled yeah. out. Like, mm-hmm. she was beating everyone, then all of a sudden she lost. Um, but with this, um, yeah, I don't know, because that, that was a huge upset. No one really thought Holly was going to win. Um, but also here, no one really thought Juliana yeah. was going to win. So. And just to give some context significance, I don't know how many of you guys are, like, gamblers out here, but, like, the Vegas odds, so, like, Holly Holmes was a plus 1,200 favorite, so that's every $100 you bet it returned 1,200, so, like, 12x amount. And Juliana Pena yesterday entered the fight as a plus 650, so six and a half times payout, basically. So Holly Holmes was twice as much of an underdog statistically and, like, from a gambling standpoint, but this Juliana Pena title overtake i guess or defeat of manny nunez is the second largest upset for a title in ufc history yeah. which is kind of cool and it was, it was neat to watch it yeah. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah some some electric <laughs> electric punches and it ended up being so like nunez is known for grappling she's from brazil and juliana pena ended up submitting her which is kind of crazy to yeah. think about but it was, it was a very cra- so I, I like to listen to like the the post-fight interviews mm-hmm. yeah i love watching those it, i love watching them and sometimes like they make me tear up sometimes, and that was one. That was one of them that actually made me tear up, just because you saw like like her whole family was right there. Yeah, and she's you, holding her kid afterwards. Yeah, and stuff. Like, it was so such awesome. a cool. It was such such a. She cool was happy. She was just very happy because yeah, the yeah. post fight interview. She they're like the first question they asked was like how you feel, and she was like, I'm just happy right now. Yeah, yeah. so it was just cool, and they were asking like what's next, and she was like, I just want to go home and just relax with my family. Like, she yeah. doesn't think about really anything else. Fighters was, deserve that after the months yeah. and months and discipline yeah. and all the sacrifices oh, they yeah. made to get there. No, what'd you think about the main event? What'd yeah, that's right. Oh, man, that one, that one was tough just because, like, I like Dustin Poirier, to- Dustin Poirier a lot. <laughs> so it was like a roller coaster because mm-hmm. he caught him a few times with, like, some good shots. I think he dropped him twice, right? I, yeah, I kind of, like, stumbled. Definitely stumbled wobbled and then kind of yeah. Olivera, like, shot for takedowns trying to avoid damage standing. Yeah, so he definitely landed some really good shots, and uh, I felt like he was going to take it at some point, but, you know, Oliver is just a, dude, he's so tough, man. Yeah. He's so oh, tough. Yeah. Very technical, too, and he, he knows how to change up the game plan. Like, if something's not working, he knows how to change up the game plan to, to, um, to I guess, like, um, fix his uh, whatever's not working, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was definitely, like, a very, very... It was like a roller coaster of emotions when I was watching yeah. it, just because okay. I, I really wanted Dustin to win. Both guys are really good. They're just overall good guys, good dude. and yeah. so it's kind of hard to root for someone like either one. Like it's, I would have been happy either way. I told Brandon before the fight, like I wanted Dustin to win, but I knew Charles was gonna win. Yeah, you did have confidence. Yeah, in I, him. I'll I, give you credit to that. Yeah, yeah, I knew Dustin. I wanted Dustin to win, but I knew Charles was eventually. He was overall gonna get the win. Um, yeah, but I was on the same. It was a good like fight. More versatile skill, like. For you guys who didn't watch it, who want to, like, go back and kind of get an idea of, like, what Muay Thai opens up. So, like, Dustin Poirier is obviously a very good striker overall, but his is more like a boxing style, very much hand-centered. But Oliveira was, like, constant with body knees. He was throwing a ton of elbows in there, as well as, like, flashing. So that's, like, the Muay Thai stuff that adds elements onto boxing, where he's he's including those, the art of eight limbs, he's including those knees and elbows, and, like, he had some vicious strikes. But then again, like the great equalizer is jujitsu and grappling, where like yeah. he had an advantage on Dustin there, knew it was a go to if things kind of 
when they started exchanging, because you don't want to exchange with Poirier and like Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje, like, because he's going to face Gaethje next. That's going to be the next person he's going to run into for a challenge. And like, when you can't exchange punches standing, like, why not shoot and let your yeah. submission artist style skills kind of take over? Yeah, he definitely is like one of the the most well rounded fighters. <laughs> like, he has some technical technical striking. But he also has some good jujitsu. Yeah. And you, you obviously see that in every single fight. Mm-hmm. When yeah. somebody takes him down, he s- submits him right away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He set the record. I forget off the top of my head if it's 17 or 18. But he has the most submission, submission wins in UFC history. And that just added one onto it for him. Like he's That's crazy. Absolute stud. Yeah, and he got it. Took full back. Like yeah, mounted with the choke back. from behind. Like yeah. absolute animal. That was, that was an exciting finish. Definitely the yeah. Charles Oliveira way. But... Oh, super cool stuff. I still give the fight of the night, though, to the girls. That was definitely, in my opinion. You think opinion. so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by far. For sure. I think that was the, by far the fight of the night. Yeah. No, it was it was fantastic overall. But um, any any closing thoughts you want to add, Josue, overall to any topics we discussed over the interview? Um, it, was, it was really fun, man. I actually really enjoyed this. Um, you guys definitely do, like, a really good job, like, in asking every single Appreciate question. That. And I've, I've listened to, like, every every podcast up until this point. And you guys do like a really good job, so I really appreciate you guys for for having me. Yeah, there we go. Appreciate and yeah, that. like we said, we'll get your name out there too. We're gonna post like uh, on Instagram, your company, and everything, so that people can see this logo that we're that yeah. you're describing. And so yeah, but we appreciated you having me on here. Yeah, it was, it was awesome Thanks, having guys. you, and I hope hope listeners found some value. And just again, hearing just like Hostway was talking about his brand fusion, like there's places for everyday people, and like you run a Hostway on the street, like just like Omar and I, we're everyday people, but like actually getting to know and open up about conversation under so much cool value that people have to offer. And yeah. I think the Insight Hostway talked about his own life, fighting overall in general. I was really, really happy with the discussion. It's awesome yeah. to get to know him more and hopefully you guys appreciate it as well. Yeah. Well, uh, like always, stay tuned for our Tuesday topics coming out every Tuesday and then our Friday feature featuring a guest. All right. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for your time. Have Hostway. a good one. Appreciate it, guys.